0: What a wonderful time of worship as we uh, get prepared to jump into our study this morning. So, if you have your Bibles uh, open to First Peter chapter number one, and we're going to continue our series on reaching First Peter chapter number one, and uh, we are going to uh, continue studying with this truth, this thought, and the final message of the series on reaching in our life and and really reaching in this year of two thousand twenty-three. Uh, we've uh, we've been challenged uh, to reach in the area of knowing God more, uh, in the area of prayer, in the area of reaching others. Uh, we've been we've been challenged to uh, really continue living this life uh, where we are reaching more of God, and so uh, we uh, we've been studying that over these last few weeks, and we want to just conclude this series this morning with reaching in a life of holiness. 1 Peter chapter number 1. But before we read that, let me just uh, say as as uh, Pastor John was saying of uh, of the uh, celebration, uh, we are going to have a uh, sign up sheet at the end of the service as you as you go through the lobby uh, for those that will be attending that uh, that celebration. It's going to be March the 5th Sunday in the evening at 5:30. And uh, and so we want everyone, we'd like to invite everyone to be a a part of that uh, so that we might be able to celebrate uh, just what God was able to do in in the life of uh, Noena Net Mendoza here in our church for 40 years. And and there's going to be some stories that are shared during that night, uh, maybe some that you've not heard before of of, uh, their journey over these 40 years and and a little bit about what uh, the church has been. Uh, under their leadership. And so um, so please uh, uh, take time to do that. After that service, uh, we are going to have a meal together. And uh, and so the sign-up sheet is just so we can have somewhat of an accurate count of how many of what might be there. Uh, and that way we have enough food for everybody because there's nothing as horrible as going to an event and not having enough food, right? I mean, that's... We're Baptists after all. I mean, that's what we do. We get together for food. So... Um, it's going to be on, on Sunday, much, uh, March 5th, so please make plans. Hopefully you'll be there, and if you are, uh, then, and then please sign up, and, uh, and that way we can make sure we have enough food for everyone. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 13, we're going to read from verse number 13 to verse number 19. Uh, and by the way, if you need the notes, just go ahead and raise your hand and, and Brother Moses will get those notes to you and that's uh, that way we can study together along uh, as we uh, as we read the passage and and you know write down whatever God brings into your mind into your heart as we as we study his word. First Peter chapter one verse thirteen this This letter uh, from Peter was written to uh, Christians that had been dispersed because of the persecution there in Jerusalem. Peter is known as the apostle to the Jews, and and he's writing to, to them at this time, encouraging them to continue to live out their faith, and, and I want you to notice what he says in verse 13 because he begins to highlight a life of holiness, and the life of a Christian is a life that is holy. It's a life that should be lived in a holy manner. And notice what Peter writes to them with this this theme in mind. He says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter highlights the fact that as Christians, we are a holy people. And as holy people, we need to live a holy life. Now, holiness can be defined many different ways. In fact, if you look up in the Webster Dictionary, you'll find that it has at least five different definitions for the word. One definition is exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. That's one definition. Another is divine, uh, something that is divine, such as God, we would say is holy. Number, uh, uh, the third definition is devoted entirely to the deity of, or the work of, of the deity and uh, for instance we'd say his holy temple it's it's a, a place that's dedicated uh, to uh, a god or to a deity or the work of the deity we would describe it as holy a fourth definition is having a divine quality uh, like holy love right and uh, and a fifth definition is something as an intensive verb uh, to, to to really you know describe uh, the the intensity of something um, we, we would say that but Of these five definitions, some kind of touch on what the Bible would define as holiness and some do not. And so when you start studying the Bible and the word that it's used in the English language we translate as holy, you'll find that the Greek word is the word hagios and it means set apart. And it's important to study what it means to be holy since we are a holy people. It's good to know who we are and what it means to live that kind of holy life. Now there's a lot of ideas about what holiness is. For, for some, holiness might be, you know, that, that guy that just seems to be walking around with a halo. You know, that, 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 that person that just looks so good, so perfect. And, and somebody might, might look at a picture and, and there's a, a, whole, a, a halo uh, above the, the person and we'd say, oh, that's a holy person. And sometimes holiness creates that idea in our mind. Sometimes uh, holiness creates the idea of, of a religious person. Uh, and 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 we think, oh, th- this person that, that 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 has religion in their life, they're a holy person. And sometimes the word holiness creates that thought in us. And even for others, maybe carrying a Bible, we see somebody with a Bible. You know, whether it's at the store or whether it's coming to church, we say, oh, that that's a holy person. How do you know he's a holy person? Oh, look, he's got a Bible. I mean, he's, he's got to be a holy person. Uh, so, someone uh, sometimes believes that, well, if they're holy, it's because they live apart. They, they live in, in a monastery. They live away from everybody else, and, and that makes them holy. But when you study the word haios in the Bible, it, it really literally just means set apart. It doesn't mean someone with a halo. It doesn't mean someone carrying the, the Bible. It doesn't mean someone who's very religious in their life. Holy just means someone that is Set apart. Now, as you as you study in scriptures this word, and you're going to find it many times, whether it's in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, you'll find that the word uh, "holy" has uh, two distinct aspects to it. One is found in Ephesians chapter one. So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn real quick to Ephesians chapter one. It's just probably a few pages. Behind A few books behind from 1 Peter. In Ephesians chapter number 1 and, and verse number 4, you'll find that it says this. It says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So the first thing we see in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, that we are holy. That, that is a state of being, right? To, to be holy. He's, he's not describing something that is being done. But something that is. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, those that are chosen in Him, in other words, those that are Christians, those that are in Christ, are holy. That's who we are. This is what we call positional holiness. When somebody comes to Christ and, and uh, re- uh, receives Christ as their personal Savior, they receive His holiness. The, the Holy Spirit literally indwells in us and makes us holy so, so that our nature now is holy. It's set apart and, and that's, that's who we are. In fact, you can see that also in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 30. Uh, we find that the Bible teaches that those that are in Christ are made holy. We are holy. It's called positional holiness. But there's a second aspect of holiness that the Bible talks about, and this is called practical holiness. And practical holiness is what Peter is talking about here in 1 Peter chapter 1, living out who you are. I heard someone uh, kind of use the illustration once, and I I really did like it, uh, how in 1863, I believe it was, that uh, President Abraham Lincoln first uh, signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Yet there were still two years, even though it declared that everyone was free, there were still two years of people living under slavery. They weren't living what they were, which was free men. In 1865, when the war ended, suddenly they could live out what they'd already been declared to be, which was free. The same thing happens with us in the Christian life. When Christ becomes our Savior, we are declared holy and righteous. But now we got to live in that holiness and righteousness. It should be something that's displayed in our life. It should be something that, that others can say that we do. That's called practical holiness. So Peter Talking to those that have been dispersed because of persecution here in 1 Peter chapter 1 begins to speak on practical holiness. And I love what the commentator uh, who is commentating, John Brown is his name, commentating on this passage. He said this. He said, holiness does not consist in mystic speculations, enthusiastic fervors, or uncommanded austerities. It consists in thinking as God thinks and willing to, as God wills. I like that definition. Being set apart in saying, I'm going in my life to think the way God thinks and desire and will what God wills. That's a holy life. You can do that with a Bible in your hand or without a Bible in your hand. You can do that wearing a halo or not wearing a halo. Uh, you can do that being religious and dressing religiously outwardly or not dressing religiously outwardly thinking how God thinks and willing how God wills now how do we how do we do that in 2023 in a way where we're reaching because as Christians we're trying to reach a life that reflects who we are if we are holy our life ought to reflect that that's what peter is saying how do we do that? How can we reach that in 2023? Well, I want to share a few truths that Peter gives us here in this passage of 1 Peter chapter 1 that will help us to reach in 2023 a life of holiness. Notice, if you will, first of all, that Peter says we must be prepared. We must be prepared. Look at verse 13 once again. It says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up your loins. Now, <laughs> this is, uh, this is a, a phrase that is not really used very much today. In fact, it probably would be non-existent if it weren't for the King James Version of the Bible to, to use this phrase, gird up your loins. Now, what Peter is saying is you've got to be prepared by having a ready mind. And he uses this phrase, gird up your loins. Now, uh, if you know a little bit about translations of the Bible, you'll know that uh, the King James Version, the New American Standard Version, uh, the English Standard Version, a lot of these versions, uh, what they do when they're translating is they try to do their best to translate word for word. There are other translations of the Bible uh, that is called a dynamic translation where they're trying to translate the idea right, of the passage. It's not always word for word it's sometimes ideas and if you speak two languages you know that sometimes that's the best thing to do right because not every word translates the same we don't use the same kind of uh of of idioms in english as we do in spanish i remember learning that the very hard way uh, one time i was preaching in spanish and uh, in english we use the uh, idiom pulling your leg right and does pulling your leg mean? it means like fooling you right tricking you whatever pranking you something like that so I was telling the joke in Spanish, and the punchline at the end is, now nah, I'm just pulling your leg. I literally said that in Spanish. Nobody laughed. I thought, man, maybe I didn't tell it right. Maybe I, I wasn't. Extra- I said it twice just to make sure, and still no one laughed. I found out later in Spanish, we say we're taking you by your hair. Different from pulling your leg, Right? So so sometimes translating literally it, it can be helpful, and sometimes it, it can't be because it just depends what you're translating, right So there are versions of the Bible that do that that's why I like the new living translation. it, it gives more of the idea, and uh, not exactly word for word, and uh, sometimes in our notes we'll use the new Transla- uh, the new living translation. but here this King James version says, "Gird up your loins." now literally he's using this phrase because in the day in which Peter uh, was writing this, they would use long robes. I'm sure we've all seen movies or pictures, right? Of what the dress was like in that time. And most of them would use, you know, uh, robes that went all the way down to your ankles. Well, if you've ever used anything like that, you know that it's really hard to play basketball in. Okay. It's really hard to do any kind of active um, activity uh, when you have something constraining you that going all the way down to your ankles. You can't really run uh, very fast and do very many things. So what they would do, all right, in Peter's day, is that they would actually lift up their robe; they would tie it around their waist. It would be a lot higher. There'd be no more constraint. Now they could run faster. Now they could do whatever they needed to do. Now they were ready to move to do some sort of action. So when 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 Peter writes here, "Gird up your loins," what he's saying is just get ready, get ready. Now, holiness, living a holy life and reaching for a life of holiness in your life is going to require you and I to get prepared for that. See, pastor, how do we get prepared for that? First, he says to be sober. Uh, A sober mind is a ready mind, uh, one that is alert, one that is uh, wanting and desiring to understand and and to really soak in. Peter says holiness begins when you prepare to have your mind in a state where it's wanting to receive what God says. Not to question it all the time. Not to be arguing with it. uh, Not to be uh, trying to change it, but rather one to receive it. Now, have you ever had an opportunity where you're having to teach something to someone, maybe at your job, or uh, maybe you're a coach of a team, and usually, the, 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 the one that is, is the best at picking up what you're trying to teach is the one that comes in with the mind, I know nothing, I need to learn everything, right? It's not the one that's trying to justify like, oh, well, you know, I don't think that's the best way. Well, well that's great, but I'm here to teach you how to do this job, right? You, you don't want the player to say, oh, well, you know, coach, that's, that's the way you want to write. You know, that's not the best offense. You want to run it that way, it's not the best. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can't be doing that today with Andy Reid, right? Coach can't be saying one thing and Patrick going, you're not the quarterback, let me do it. You you can't. You you, you have to depend that this person is teaching me something I need. That's what it means to have a ready mind, one that's alert. And Peter says, if you're going to have a life of holiness, the way you reach to that is by having your mind ready to receive what God has. To, to soak it in. And, and you see that in scriptures over and over. In fact, I put three different places in your, in your notes. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 6. In the New Living Translation, it says, So be on your guard, not asleep like others, stay alert and be clear-headed. Notice what Paul says to Second Timi- in 2 Timothy 1:7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, an alert, a ready mind. Titus 1.8, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, that's with your mind, righteous, holy, self-controlled. Peter's saying, if you want to reach in your life, be prepared. How? With a ready mind. Now listen, that, that, that is something that we do every time we come to church. Sunday morning in a service, we ought to have our minds ready and alert. Saying, God, there's something that I can learn today. It, listen, it, it might be that uh, when I open the Bible and say, let's open it, John three sixteen, you might go, I already know that by memory. I've heard so many messages on that, on that verse. I mean, what possibly can, more can we say about it? Well, you know, usually when we come with that kind of mentality, we don't get anything out of the service. Why? Because our minds are not ready. They're not alert. But when you do, you'll find that there's something that God wants to teach through the preaching of his word to you. And it might just be one little thought. It might just be one small thing, but that can make the biggest difference in the world if your mind is ready. So holiness starts with a ready mind, but then you'll notice that he says, and hope. An unwavering hope. In fact, a hope to the end is what it says in, uh, in the King James Version that, that, that to the end means complete, a complete hope, a, a perfect hope. Now, that is the command to remember of what the future holds for us so we don't get too focused in the present. Sometimes uh, going through a trial is just, it's just tough. Sometimes you can go through a trial and think it's never going to end. You can go through a difficulty and think it's never going to change. Go through a rough patch in a relationship and say, we'll never, we'll never get back to where we were when we were first married, or back to what we were when we were closer as friends. And that's an outlook with no hope. But you see, in the Christian life, we have a great hope. That is the, the hope of salvation. That is the hope of God's grace. That is the hope of Christ's return. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit more in the message, but it's hard to live practical holiness because even though we have a holy nature, a set-apart nature, a new nature, we still have the old one, the one we're born with that is sinful and desires to do what is wrong. And when the day comes when Jesus returns, you know what's going to die that day? That old nature, never to return again there's something hopeful about that it's nice to to understand when when that happens man we'll 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 reach a life of holiness that we've never reached in our life before right now we strive to be set apart and to to have our minds ready and alert but listen part of that is also looking to the future Of, of that wonderful hope that we have in christ of of a life that we can live like that all the time. Now, now it's amazing when you're living a life that is set apart for God, you'll find that there's not a whole lot of regrets. There's not a whole lot of discontentment. There's not a whole lot of just sorrow and despair. In fact, many times what gets us out of despair and out of, uh, of sorrow is thinking about the promises of God. It's thinking about what the future holds. I mean, listen, there there is a reward coming. And Peter says, a ready mind is one that is sober, yes, but also one that is hopeful. Thinking about what is coming. Listen, uh, Revelation chapter 22, I put it in your notes, verse number 12, and behold, this is Jesus speaking, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Listen, there's nothing wrong with rewards. Man, I can't wait till that happens. Yesterday, we, uh, we celebrated uh, our, our second son, Jordan, uh, his, his birthday. Turned seven years old. And when, uh, when my parents, they have this tradition as, as grandparents where they take out the grandkids uh, for, for a, you know, a breakfast or a dinner or something for their birthday. And, and uh, he woke up yesterday morning and said, Grandma and Grandpa coming? Are they going to take me? Why? Because he knows this. You know, when they when they go out with grandma and grandpa on their birthday, they're getting something. That's all he's thinking about. Something. And I brought joy and anticipation, and he was looking forward to it. And you know what? Jesus says, I'm coming back with a reward. And that ought to give you hope, and that ought to that ought to lead you into a life of holiness. Notice what. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, as he was getting to the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me in the future the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. What was Paul looking forward to? The reward. He was prepared. A life that is reaching for holiness begins with a ready mind, sober, and one that's looking to the future of the reward. And that begins that. Now listen, I don't know what you're looking forward to in your life right now. In fact, I don't even know what your what your goals are for 2023. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe it's a vacation spot. I, I'm not sure what it is, but But there ought to be at some point in this year the goal and the thought of the hope that is still before us. There ought to be a mind that says, That's what I want. That's what I'm ready for. Holiness begins there, being prepared. The first challenge this morning for us is, are we prepared? Let me ask you something. You, you want to reach this year in 2023, a life of holiness that reflects who you are. Well, I would say, how prepared are you? If you've kept up with sports at all, you know there's a whole week of nothing. Actually, two weeks after the championship in the NFC and in the AFC where you wait for the Super Bowl. Two weeks. Two weeks. You know what they're doing, the players, during those two weeks? They're not twiddling their their thumbs like this. They're preparing. They're watching game film. The Chiefs are watching the Eagles' defense and the offense, and the Eagles are watching the Chiefs' defense and and their offense, and they're looking at their games, all 17 of them in the regular season, and they're they're trying to to see what's the weakness and and what's the key to winning and, and how are we gonna beat them? They're getting prepared. Two weeks. I don't know the math. 24, though, hours in a day times seven days a week. And then do that times two. That's how long they've been preparing for one game. You know why? It's important. This game means something. They're like, hey, it's my legacy. You know, a Christian ought to think, I'm holy. Holiness matters. It matters to God. It's, it's something that He's commanded us to do because He made us holy so that we might live holy. Well, how do we do that? Be prepared. Have a ready mind this year and have a hopeful mind what is to come. Number two, we must be obedient. A life of holiness requires us To be prepared, but also to be obedient. In fact, I would say obedience is a result of preparedness. Someone who is disobedient is one who is not prepared. They're not prepared to see the Lord. And they're not prepared to live a life that is set apart. Those that are prepared, though, are obedient. They're they're, they're excited about the Lord's coming. And they're alert and ready to soak in God's word and what God would would think and what God would want and desire so that they might think that way and so that they might desire that as well. Now, how do we do that? What does obedience consist of? Look at verse number 14 as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. In verse 15, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. We're obedient, first of all, by not conforming to the former desires. Now, before we were saved, we had a certain lifestyle, certain desires that we that we had, and we, we lived according to that. And, and the Bible calls that our flesh, our sinful nature. When Adam and Eve sinned, they passed on to us their sinful nature. You say, well, what, what kind of that? Well, what kind of... Uh, Sinful nature, what what kind of life is that? Does the Bible ever describe what a a life looks like that is full of sin and that does what sin leads it to do? Actually, it does. Galatians chapter 5, look in your notes, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, it says, the results are very clear. Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness with wild parties, and other sins like these. And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is our sinful nature. Listen, if anyone wants to argue that, just look at society. And you'll find in our society sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, and the list goes on. That's what you'll find. So a life that is holy is a life that is set apart, not living in that in that lifestyle. You see, holiness has two sides to it it's being set apart from something, but being set apart to something. And we'll, we'll have a second and we'll talk about what we're separated to. But the first aspect of it is separated from something. What is that? From a sinful nature. You see, Peter says this was all we knew. Before we knew Christ. But when the grace of God comes into our life. We're no longer conformed to that lifestyle. Those actions and those desires must not be acted upon anymore. In fact we have the power not to live that way. You say how exactly do we have the power not to live that way. If that's our nature. Right I mean we're sinful so we ought to sin. Notice what happens when the grace of God comes into our life. Notice, you'll see in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 in your notes. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Now, these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. So God's nature is holy. Ours is sinful. Ours wants to do all of the hatred and immorality and lustful pleasure. That's what we want to do, and that's what we act upon. Before the grace of God was in our life. But now that the grace of God is in our life. He's made us holy. We can live holy. We no longer live in those former desires. Because he's given us a new nature. What nature? His nature. That's holiness. No longer have to live in sin. But we can live now. Set apart. From sin. That's why. The Apostle Paul in Romans 12.1 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see the mind again? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Holy living. Holy living starts with being prepared, Yes but also with being obedient. Preparedness leads us to obey. It leads us away from conforming to our lusts and our sinful nature, but it leads us more to Christ, to be more like Christ. That's why in verse 15 he says, but as he which hath called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of life, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Being more like Christ. Obedience leads us to be more like Christ. What did Christ do? Think about it. We're more like Christ in what? In the way we dress? No. He didn't use pants. They didn't have pants, they had robes back then. Okay. Did he part his hair? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. So so how are we like Christ? How do we become more like Christ then? By the way, he lived. What did he do? How did did he live? John chapter 5, verse 30. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. What do we call that? Holiness. Jesus lived doing the will of the Father. Thinking, he says, I judge. That's that's the way we think, the, the way we view. He says, and the way I view is just. It's right. It's righteous. Why? Because I do the will of my Father. So a life that is holy is one that's going away from the former lusts of the the sinful desires and moving towards being more Christ-like. What is that? Being more obedient to what God says. To think as he thinks and will as he wills. In fact, Jesus so much lived this way, this this life of holiness. that in, In Luke chapter 22, we read this. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What was Jesus doing? Being obedient. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It's not even in your notes, but write it down in your notes. We find that Christ became obedient even unto death, even the death of a cross. Not my will, but thine. he was set apart he was holy and he's commanded you and i to live holy because that's what he made us to be how do i do that be prepared number two be obedient and number three lastly we must remember our basis you see we must be remembering the basis of why we're holy if you're going to live holy, you've got to understand why you're holy. What made you holy? How did you become holy? This is so important for us to understand so we don't allow pride or any other sin to come into our lives. Because if your holiness is based on looking or having a halo or, or holding a Bible, then, then you're going to feel like the moment that I don't have the Bible in my hand, I must not be holy. So it's it's, it's important to understand, well, what's the basis of all this? Well, the basis, number one, is not our good works. And if you get in verse number 17, listen to what Peter writes. He says, and if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here, in fear. He's saying, okay, God's going to judge if you're living a holy life. He's going to judge all all of us the same because he's given us all the same holiness right? He didn't give me as a pastor, oh, Jeremy's really holy. Rochelle's kind of holy. That's, his, that's my wife. She's kind of, but Jeremy's really holy. He's a pastor. Do you know that the grace of God made us all holy the same? Our responsibilities might be a little bit different, but we all have the same holiness, which means all our lives ought to be set apart equally. And that's why it's so important to understand that the basis of this isn't, well, what does he do in church? It's not that at all. It's not in what we've done. That's so prideful and so self-centered. In fact, those that believe that we've entitled or we've labeled them, at least scholars have labeled them as legalists. Where I'm holy because of what I do. No. Peter is very clear in verse number eighteen, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation or from your vain manner of life, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, it's not our good works that forms the basis of our holiness. not by what we've done titus chapter 3 verse 5 says not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy ghost which he shed on us abundantly through jesus christ our savior that being justified by grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life listen to all that paul is saying there to titus is that god made you holy You didn't make yourself holy. You didn't reach a level of holiness and sanctification. There are churches that believe that if you just live good for long enough, you can be made a saint. You can reach sainthood. But the Bible says you don't reach sainthood by your good works. You reach sainthood by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That basis... It's what gives us our holiness and what can lead us to a life of holiness. You've got to remember that. It's not our works of righteousness. It is his sacrifice. It's a work that only he could do. He was the one that was perfect. That's why in verse 19, uh, Peter's using some Old Testament language when he says without blemish or spot. You see, the lambs in the Old Testament that were sacrificed for sin had to be lambs that were perfect. They couldn't have a bad eye or a broken leg. They couldn't have spots on their wool. They had to be perfectly white, perfect in every way. John the Baptist, upon seeing Jesus... Walk into the Jordan to be baptized. said, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That Lamb that is without spot or blemish. He's the reason that we can say today we're holy. We're people without spot or blemish. So, Pastor, I I know you're not perfect. I'm not claiming to be. I'm telling you, I've been made perfect. Oh, by what you do, not by what I did. By what Christ did on the cross. And that's why it's so important today. If you've not received Christ. As your personal Savior. You've not received holiness. No matter how good you've do, you, Good works you've done. No matter how, how religious you might be. Holiness comes through Jesus Christ alone. By faith. The grace that he gives you. That's why Paul said. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This morning, we ought to reach in our lives to be holy in our daily practice. We've been made holy, but are you living holy? How am I going to live holy? Pastor, how in 2023 am I going to reach to live holy? Number one, be prepared with a ready mind and a hopeful view. Number two, be obedient because preparedness always leads to obedience. Obey. By what? By not living according to the sinful nature, that former sinful nature that we had, but living in the new nature so that we might be like Christ. So that we can think the way he thinks. By the way, that's going to require us to know a little bit about our Bible. That, that's why God gave us his mind. When you're reading, you're saying this is what God thinks. It's what God says. This is what God wants. So that we can think the way he thinks, so we can uh, will the way he wills. That's a life of holiness. Just remember that that holiness doesn't come about because we're such great people. No, it's because of what he did on the cross. This morning I want to challenge you to live this year with a life of holiness. Robert Murray McShane, a preacher of years past, said this. He said, In great measure, according to the purity and perfections of the instrument will be the success. It is not great talents God blesses so much as great likeness To Jesus. A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of God. It's not great talents, God blesses, so much as great likeness to Jesus. That's a life that is holy. Let's make 2023 a life where we're reaching, reaching, reaching in the area of holiness. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your truth. Father, as we, as we meditate upon what, what your word teaches, it's clear to see that a life of holiness is something we ought to be striving for. Father, you've made us holy. We have a nature now that is a new creation, a nature that is holy. Your nature that you have shared with us but Father so many times we can find ourselves not living a life that reflects that holiness so many times we can find ourselves living in the former lusts of what our old nature desires Father I pray that you would help us to to not stay in that kind of life but rather be set apart You've made us to be different. and We are different. Help us to think differently and to act differently and to love differently than others love and to forgive differently than maybe others forgive so that we might think as you think and desire what you desire. Father, I pray that this morning our life would reflect a life of holiness. This morning as the piano plays, perhaps you're reflecting and saying, you know what, Pastor, that's the kind of year I need. Yeah, I might not be living as bad as someone else, but you know, just don't don't know that I'm living and reaching in this area of my life, a life of holiness. Pastor, would you uh, pray that I might be prepared to receive more this year and be obedient to the Word of God? would you just pray for me so that I might live a life that is holy is there anyone like that who would say pastor just pray for me just raise your hands there's someone like that God, God bless you I see those hands God bless you God bless you God bless you Father this morning in the hands of those that were raised and I with them saying we desire to have more holiness in our life in what we practice and what we do. Oh, Father, you've, you've given us a divine nature by sharing with us your nature. Now help us to live in that reality. Help us to be set apart from sin help us to be set apart to be more christ-like the way we treat one another and in the way that we view others and and what we do in our personal life may it reflect a life that is holy be with us throughout this week give us opportunities to live lives that would honor and glorify you by being holy We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.